0: Hey folks, how are you doing? This is episode five of the Dad Bought Bible Real Men Talk podcast where I just interview guys. I know who I classify as real men. I couldn't get any
1: today, so I've got party back on today. <laughs> and uh party Joe, interview yourself for everyone, mate, please. Uh so my name is PJ. Um, I've been in the industry for probably 10 plus years. Um, met Paul a few times over the years. Uh, we generally tend to fall in and meeting the same characters because they're on the same types of courses and the same educational platforms um, or have the same sort of ethos. Um, My background came from sort of strength, training, um, powerlifting state stuff, moved a little bit into bodybuilding, but my real sort of forte would be uh, nutrition. Uh, Pretty much started from me just wanting to grow muscles to go to the Beats Club on a Sunday night or go to Thompson's where Paul would throw me out probably. (laughs) Um, And you know, from that to becoming a PT and selling fucking Herbalife, I know the best thing that ever happened to me because it really forced me to, I don't to look both. at myself and check myself out. And I would say that's probably one of my big characteristics, being able to turn around and go, do you know what, what I was doing back then was fucking wrong and still wanting to constantly evolve and get better. Um, and then it got to a point where I was just challenging people um i remember one time in particular i was thinking about this earlier when you were like right come on go on and just rip this person a new one and i was like now nah, i got to the stage where i'm a little bit older and wiser. and i'm like i don't need to do
0: that oh, but that's everyone isn't it that's yeah that. that's young and dumb full of cum type of fucking attitude
1: yeah so, and the fact
0: that so, two of us like the slave <laughs> people so it's that's it. you're sarcastic and there's opportunities arise you can't help yourself and you Know something half the time I'm not even being a wanker. I'm being a wanker, but I'm not doing it to be a wanker. I'm doing it because I'm just
1: a bit getting, of banter, a
0: bit of, of slagging, just keeping them going. I'm usually laughing behind the computer going, Look at these guys, what's the most outrageous thing I can say to get these to wind up?
1: And here, falls, falls like Nelson. Um, <laughs> yeah, so I, I own a gym in Belfast City Center, Hybrid Fitness, um, with business partner myself, Lenny. Um, we have a fitness providing company. Um, and apparently we do all the cliche shit that every other PT does now, which is fucking mentoring people. Um, yeah, we've a lot of coaches that we sort of try to help with our business as well.
0: You also do those photographs, you know, We are looking longer and in the distance or with a MacBook with an inspirational quote. Yeah, they have photographs. Yeah. yeah. I didn't even take a piss out of you.
1: <laughs> I said, give the people what they want. People want fucking, you know, rings like this and influencer shit. Uh, who am I? You know what I mean? Uh, I know what the people want because they've told me and they want good looking people. <laughs> and, and you've they listened. <laughs> they want good looking people and if they can't do that, then we'll get people who talk a little so shit. you thought
0: yourself, you know something, I'll shave my hair, I'll grow a beard and I'll try to be Paul.
1: Upside down. A young Paul. So, Paddy,
0: listen, you're 40, you're saying your forte is um, nutrition. Now, hard yeah. to believe, but like you wouldn't think it, but I don't know anything about nutrition, really. I know that's with me being in the best shape of my life. I'm 43-year-old belly and all of me. So what do you see as the biggest obstacles when people come to you? What's their, what's their biggest obstacle on general terms, do you think?
1: In, in terms of nutrition? Or yeah, terms in terms of, of nutrition. Where, the,
0: where, do, where do you think most people go wrong?
1: It's probably a lot of the misinformation that's out there in mainstream media. If You follow stuff like the fucking Daily Meal. Uh, or even like men's health or women's health, there's a new superfood that is going to fucking cure belly fat and cure cancer. Another time it may be, um, you know, Mary has seen her friend lose three stone in Slim and World and automatically assumes that's the best fucking food and nutrition that she should be be having. Um, But pretty much a lot of it, you know, weight loss and fat loss principles or muscle building principles or whatever it is, like, is all... It's similar across the board, whether it's males, females, non-binary, whatever. But nutrition needs to be individualized. And as much as I hate to say that, because there's more information now on how to get in shape, how to build muscle. There's more science. There's more research about this. So we know what we need to do, but it's getting people to do it. Um, And today, like I was saying, I was talking about um, habit formation and mindset and motivation. And I always mention this particular client of mine. This bigger client um, had wrote, had ghostwritten a book about her life. She had grew up during the troubles, had been, dare say, sexually abused, and basically the whole story of her life. Um, and she didn't want to put her name on it because she didn't want people to know about her story. Um, so I bought the book from Amazon and I read it and people were like, why? And I was like, because I need to know how to get into this person's head to get them to follow the lifestyle principles, the nutrition principles, the stuff that I know is going to get her results. So in terms of, let we go back to that original question, what what's the biggest obstacle? People want to be told what to eat. Um, the first thing I asked in a seminar is, what do you think you should be eating? Um, and everybody will tell me the answer. and I'm just like, right, my job's done. Why the fuck am I here? Um, yeah. <laughs> these are all such fucking know-it-alls. Um, so yeah, it, it's pretty much, I think a lot of the time, where people are struggling is the psychology, it's buying into something, finding an approach that they can adhere to. Um, relying on motivation is always the buzzword. Oh, that's just not motivated. So fuck, neither am I. You know, you just got to fucking get up and do you it. You're not taking
0: it? into consideration the, the fact that a lot, a lot of obesity can be trauma related. Yeah, can
1: you know, be. That,
0: like a lot of, like, when you think about the trauma we've suffered, and and I don't think people actually go in because I I you know my crazy mind, I go into like deep into psychology sort of books and read things and and searching my own trying to search for my own answers, I think. But like a lot of people, like traumatic events in life, and we live in a country that was at war for 40 years with each other, that we become addicted to escapism. Do you know, so you've yeah. got heroin, drugs, drink, tobacco these are things that you know that they, they calm you down that de-stress you some people have sex you know the subject abuse can be sex you know they addicted they, they go to the problem but for a lot of people the most easily accessible thing is food food or when, you, or, yeah. you feel, when you feel when you're hungry when you go to when you go into a shop to pay for your petrol the bars talk to are talking there, the crystals are there you're feeling down and that cycle of guilt hate guilt guilt you know guilty feel good because you, you eat the food because you feel guilty and you feel guilty for eating the food and that cycle continue going and i think a lot of people society are stuck in that loop. And with, look at the stress we're under right now, you know, society, this chronic stress, what are people gonna be doing? They're gonna be moving less and they're gonna be turning to the, the comfort. I think that's why alcohol is gonna go up and all
1: this. is great for our businesses in the long run. <laughs> um, yeah, like, you no, know, I, I was talking about habit formation earlier, right, so there's three things that happen. There's a trigger, right? Or a cue, something that precedes something. So that trigger could be stress, you know, you're pissed off, you're stressed, you know, you've just been told your business is being closed, lockdown's happening, and then there's a, a, you know, something happens with that stress, okay? There's behavior, and then there's a reward. And that reward for a lot of people, and I talked about this today, is there's a lot of people out there who feel like they have a sense of entitlement as well. They feel like, I deserve this. You don't deserve anything. My old answer used to be, you know, people going, ah, bottle away in the weekend, you know, I had a, a tough week in work. I understand that, but you're being paid to do a job nine to five, See so if you don't like that job, get a new fucking job, right? Because all you're really doing is finding a way to reward yourself and I talk a lot about Pavlov's dog theory. We, and I believe this wholeheartedly, we are not too far different from dogs, right? And I mean this in terms of we will are eat. Look? Uh, we will <laughs> eat non-stop. Like, we are, you know, driven by our basic fundamental behaviours in terms of warmth, sex um you know security all these stuff first precedes anything that we do and as you were saying there it's easier for us to turn around and go um, stressed out it's first world problems in my opinion um i say this to my partner all the time when she cracks up i'm mm-hmm. like listen people are damn every day in third world countries you know something things are happening
0: i know what you're saying there and i agree with it but i also in my old age, I suppose I started to come to the realization that people's people can only judge what stress is on their own perceptions, their own experiences. So when we say, oh, there's people down out there?" Yeah, in perspective. I'm not, but they can't help how they're feeling. Do you
1: know? Well, yeah. It's, yeah, it's it's, it's the their stress matters. Their their situation matters. It does, and if you do compare it to somebody who lives, you know, in Africa and has a terrible upbringing, yes, of course, that's going to make you feel like shit. But like. That's what I'm saying. The old me would have just went, you know, man, fuck up. But yes, everyone is has their own ability to grieve, to have their own ability to go, like, I'm having a shitty time. And you have 100% right to do that. But I think when we look back at that habit formation, that triggers a behavior, and that behavior will trigger some form of reward. And then if that reward is good enough, it becomes a habit. So those people going, I'll have a, a drink. i the cinema. Yeah, I'll have a drink at yeah, the weekend. Why? Because it's it's Friday night and that's what I do. And I feel good about myself after. So the point I was making is we look at maybe what what the, what is causing that stress that you were talking about with your clients? Is it the trauma? Because if it's trauma, you know, just, you need to speak to someone about that. Um, you know, is it that's- the actual... you just said that's the thing i
0: don't mind if see see people who have got who are suffering trauma or suffering whatever it is they're going everyone goes through it okay but when you recognize it and you you stay in the same place and you do the same things and you you know that you've got the you've got like everyone can tell me what to eat properly to lose weight we don't do it when you choose not to do it we choose to like give up every single time oh i'll start again on monday then it becomes your problem you're playing the victim and you're playing the victim card because you're wanting to justify staying in that place and then there's a there's a there's an imbalance because what you're saying you want and what you really want aren't running congruent
1: it's not lining up yeah
0: yeah look, and that's where the internal stress comes from
1: lot, you know at the risk of sounding like as you were saying there are some people can be enablers and just say no it's okay and so forth there's too many factors across the board yeah. because you've got environmental factors you've got say you've got your partner Around you, who you know uh, is a trigger, wants to eat Chinese, wants to eat takeaways, and you're trying to be good. Um, some of the things you might say there is: you need to have a conversation, you need to address and say, "Listen, I need your support," because most people will just react the way that they react. So you've got environment, you've got work situations, people who are like, "Oh, all the ones in worker tempt me for drinking stuff," and then welcome down to that goal-oriented approach. Are your actions aligned with your goals? Because if they're not, you're not going to achieve that. And we can only make things as easy and as simple and, you know, to try and get people to adhere to it as much as possible. I always say, like, I wrote some phenomenal and I mean amazing nutrition plans where I put in the foods that people love, like every single day they can enjoy this and then I'll build the plan out and then they, they end up, shit, why? Because the person doesn't follow it. And so the plan was shit originally, even though I thought in my head, oh my God, I did <laughs> this person a fucking sassy bap for breakfast you know and still get them results if they just followed this but you know different factors different stressors environmental factors habits you know not actually having a goal or not actually having willpower discipline all these things sort of play into um, why people don't get results and that's what fascinated me because I was like we know what we should be fucking doing why don't we go away and do it you know yeah. But it's,
0: it seems to be, it's crazy that when we're in a world where this industry is exploding, like just continually exploding, you're in the, you're, you're right in the epicenter of like helping that happen. But yet obesity is also exploding at an even greater rate. Do you know, that alone, that message, like, what, like are people not saying like it isn't about the training? Do you know? it's that's that's the smallest bit of pie where were you shopping what are you buying why are you buying it is it because you literally can't afford it anymore so it's a social problem now we've got and then you're going to find that you're going to find that obviously in like lower income areas the quality of food they can buy is not going to be as good and there's going to have like a hormonal effect on people and it's, what's the long-term effect that will be in that the, like how we what what's what's that doing in our dna and pa- we know we pass our gen- genetics on to our children what's, What's it doing to us and what's them doing imprinting them? Is, are we making lesser humans? I know I'm going down a rabbit hole here, but are we actually causing degeneration of the DNA of the human being now? Because we're like, where are we getting our food? What are we doing there? What's happening to our food? What's being put on our food? Do we know?
1: Everything that you mentioned there, like, again, I spoke about this a couple of days ago, so I've just been banging out these things. And I was talking to um, young teenagers about nutrition and basically what the government recommends compared to what they're consuming now. And then again, going into things that are possibly not even their fault, which is, I I put up a study of sort of um, the influence of your parents on on eating behavior. And basically what they found was what your parents had eaten had a direct impact on what they could get you to eat as a child, right? That was actually passed on. As you say, those, those genetic factors plus your environmental factors. And I always say this. Is that more? That, really?
0: Sorry, is that more of an effect on the woman or the man or was it an equal 50-50 split that they find or did they discover that?
1: Well, obviously more so for the female. Um, so basically, like I have it up here, you can't see it on my screen, but eating behaviors evolved during the first years of life as a biological behavioral process direct towards meeting requirements for health and growth. Um, and one of the things down here, a growing body of evidence suggests that the food choices a mother makes during her pregnancy may set the stage for an infant later acceptance of solid foods and what they did in the study was they got uh, parents who were three to four weeks out from giving birth and got them to eat carrots and what they found was when they give the newborn babies you know when they uh, followed up with them <clears throat> carrot flavored cereal the babies like were more inclined to eat it and didn't turn their nose up essentially at it and I was just like because I remember that? seeing I remember seeing Lenny's kids, right? And they're the first kids I've ever seen, like enjoying broccoli and avocados. And I'm like-
0: Oh God, now i see
1: him. Banging sweets. And I'm like, how do you do that? Do you know what I mean? Like, how do you get a taste for that? Because that's not something that's going to be like, that I'm used to. I started off with sweets and treats and I'm still one of those things today. And I really do believe it was a behavioral thing that-
0: Oh that- man, I would say man was trauma related definitely. I would say the bullying and all that I, I experienced as a kid, Chocolate give me my outlet.
1: Yeah, definitely. And I think from fighting sports as well for you, there's horrible relationships with food, with um, fighters. Yep. weight because you don't. It's always this last minute dash to get weight off, um, starve yourself, deprive yourself, and want to eat everything after. So that's um, that's not a healthy relationship. And uh, you know, again, those habits and behaviors can be learned. But is that a good? I right, hope that thought the cat's going to shit itself here. <laughs> You've got a cat as well as a
0: dog? Oh, they're not, man. I hate them. Two cats.
1: Jackson, get the bed. Oh, Jesus. He's, he's ready to beat the cat there.
0: No, here, the cat beats the shit out of him. The cat beats the shit out of him. I read him back, back, sorry for interrupting. But, um, uh, yeah. We'll saying about fighters and the bad relationship with food.
1: Yeah, they have a bad relationship. <laughs> and as you were saying there about the legs of obesity, um, two of the studies I've shown, uh, Guy Nat did a study in 2019 and he looked at the statistics in the UK and the U.S. The U.S.'s um, sugar intake has dropped and between, let me see, let me check this slide just so I get it. Um, between 1980 and 2010, sugar intake has dropped by 20% in the U.S. And obesity is still continuing to race. The same stuff was actually being found um, in the U.K. as well. So there was a, a decline in the amount of sweeteners and calories and stuff that people were consuming, obesity was still continuing. So to what raise
0: is it. the what's the outcome or what's the hypothesis for all this happening?
1: Pretty much, and it's it's a really simple thing: is we're just overeating, we're just eating too much of everything. A, a study done in Amsterdam from the Power of Food, um, or from Amsterdam study, it was called the Power of Food Scale, and basically what they found was first world countries like ourselves are more driven by hedonic pleasure eating. We eat because we're bored. We eat because it tastes fucking great. And then what happens is we're not eating for survival. And so we overeat. And okay, we have these different factors physiologically that happen. We have different factors where people are blaming fucking aspartame or they're blaming MSG or they're blaming sweeteners or they're blaming sugar or high fat, whatever it is. It's overconsumption, okay? Because as much as I wouldn't want a huge amount of sweeteners and processed foods in my client's diet. There is no long-term research to say that it, it does this. It causes cancer. It does that. What's your
0: opinion on like Coke Zero, Pepsi Max, consuming those type of drinks?
1: Get it, Indy. Uh, <laughs> oh, I, personally, I have one a day. Uh, I, I would have,
0: I would have a, I have one of those like bottles of Pepsi Max one fifty, But I, I love the stuff. Like I, be honest, like I really do enjoy my bottle of Pepsi Max.
1: I, I think you need to you need to weigh up things, right? The biggest cause of like most diseases, right, and the most, uh, you know, knockoffs is going to be obesity-related um, conditions. So if you're overweight, you have a high BMI, even though we know that's bullshit, but it still puts you in a target range for uh, type 2 diabetics, um, various different cancers, metabolic syndromes, all this, puts you at a higher risk of COVID, whether you believe in it or not. Um, so what I would say is if you have a DAP Pepsi that has zero calories in it and you drink that instead of, a fucking frappuccino and you lose weight, your risk of developing those conditions comes down. So your health markers improve. Like that's something I, I sort of say to people, and, and I found what we say about hybrid, we focus on a core four, getting people stronger, right? Nobody in this world has ever said I'm too strong. Getting people fitter, and fitter could be relative to them. It's maybe able to just play with your kids, maybe mm-hmm. able to run a 5k, whatever it is. Um, get leaner because I don't care if you are a man fucking strong man, muscles coming out of muscles. Eddie Hall did it. As soon as he, he knew once he, you know, won World's Strongest Man, he was retiring because he was putting his health at risk. Regardless of him being the fucking strongest person. He's going to win. Yeah, sport. What? Yeah. Thor, they, Thor, they're fighting, are, they, are, they uh,
0: Thor or are they fighting
1: soon? No, they're fighting soon. Thor had a, a fight against some guy. I fancy Eddie Hall if that's the way uh, Thor's fighting. Said, but um, listen,
0: like, the, 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 those boys... There's shoulders. Now Eddie Hall's got the experience of uh, being a, a, a like a competitive swimmer, <laughs> a very high-level competitive swimmer. So he's yeah. gonna have the shoulder, that sort of inbuilt shoulder. To, to able, but those hands drop down. And Thor's shoulders are gonna be so big that, that the gas of the build-up will just be like a Conor McGregor versus Diaz One type thing where McGregor just slowed down and gassed.
1: But well, like this, I don't think people they're not gonna have the footwork and they're not gonna have the fucking set on to actually dodge shots. They're gonna be fucking getting hit. Left, right and centre.
0: One of them boys hits one shot and that's it. Like, it's, it's, fuck. Who do you predict?
1: I'm going Eddie Hall. Eddie Hall? Yep. Small, chunky frame. Because I I watched Thor and he was fucking terrible. And I, yeah, he was, he was atrocious. Atrocious. So yeah, over, over consumption. But then what happens when your dog gets fat? What do you do?
0: Walk them more, cut the food down.
1: like that's what we're told like that's what you do and in a very like basic world you would do that you would just say listen do you know what i'm not exercising as much i need to eat a little bit less and i've seen a lot more in the millennial generation than this new generation coming through we're more it based computer based you know jobs um nobody knows how to do a fucking trade i'm terrible at it. i put more holes in this new house than fucking <laughs> how to do stuff um, so I think there's going to be a, a, a great trend between people wanting to then go to trades because they're making an absolute fortune. But yeah, that's in the basic theory of it. And then what I'm seeing now, which is the biggest issue for people nowadays is not losing weight. It's keeping it off.
0: Keeping it off. Yeah. The, the rebound effect.
1: Yeah. People can lose weight now. They know they can try crazy shit and lose it. They just can't keep it off. And that's where our message is going now. It's like, you know, lose 10 times, never have to worry about it
0: again. This is the difference between getting a diet and getting coached. And I think people need to understand this more. You know, you're, when you're paying higher end prices, you should expect more, but you should also then be committed more. You know, and I think this is where the victim mentality comes in. So many people could achieve their goals if they stopped blaming external factors. You know, like, and, and if like the, how many times you've been told by someone, uh, you know, you heard in the grapevine that someone left you because they weren't getting results, even though they're training a group of eight and seven others have got the results, but it's your fault. You know, and that's that's that blaming yourself, that victim mentality that you've cultured and this society is cultivated from so many of us. And that's what keeps us down. And I think, you know, I think they want unhealthy, the government wants unhealthy people because the government are being paid by Big Pharma. And there's no, there is no money made in health. There's money to be made in sickness perpetual sickness so to me it makes sense too, you know and then you've got the food manufacturers that want to cut corners so let's put a lot of preservers into cheaper meats which again will have a hormonal effect on us so I think there's there's more to it than, than thing, but ultimately what we can do ourselves is
1: ownership do you know the, the only way you don't do that and it's one as you say plays for me a better victim role is a lack of education it, it's not it's not rocket science that people who are out of shape um, are ones from poor social, social so economics, you know, places like where I'm from, short strand where you're from, like, there's a lack of education there. It makes sense. Then then you mix that in with anything that every human person wants, which is a return of investment. Why buy one Mars bar when you buy four for a pound? It's It makes more logical sense to do that than it would to do that. So, you know, I always tell my guys, it's like we shop in, know, the L's around, we don't shop in the middle L's because that's where all the junk's generally going to be. But you can only give so many people different tools, as you said there, before they actually go, I don't I don't want this as much as, as other people. And that was one of the questions I asked in a motivation seminar. Do you believe, true or false, that some people are more motivated than others? What do you think?
0: Well, I would say some people have more drive. And I, but the reason I would say that would be because You've got people from, well, your, your personality's shaped by, well, your DNA as well, but also the environment and your parents and your influences at a young age. You know, what does it say? By seven, your is formed. So you've got that foundational. Like, I know, like, I my, my personality has formed. I, I'm trying my best to change a lot of my personality, but I also...
1: really yeah, need to. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but I also resort back to the old... When 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 you feel scared or you feel shocked or emotional, that inner child comes out of you. You know, and you see it, and we're all the same.
1: The chim paradox, the emotional, yeah.
0: thing, yeah. Like, but I would say more people. There, I they would say like people who have come from parents. Like, I I'm a i am I talk to my kids when I talk to my. Tell them exactly. what I'll say to them. No, no, you can't do that. So stand up and do it again. Do it. Shoot, sure, I don't care if you scared. Come on, you can do it. I stand here. Let's go. Let's do this. And they do it, and I go. Was it that bad? But and then I, uh, that's what I do all the time. And if they do something, like, I stood up yesterday and put a wee show on with uh, Gail's kid, Lucia, and I drive them, like, i like, I'm so proud of you, you sung so well. Or I will always, be, because that's confidence. Stand up in front of an adult seven years old. So the children who have been raised in a house like that compared to a child who has been raised and maybe where they've been beaten, well, then they're not going to be as driven possibly. Maybe it could be the opposite effect. But I do think your environment and the influence you're exposed to will have a certain reflection on your drive. So maybe I, if you can tell me if I'm right or wrong. Yeah,
1: or... 100%. Have you, have you read Martin Rooney's Coach to Coach?
0: Uh, I think I've got it. i never read it.
1: <laughs> Get it on audiobook. It's phenomenal. But there's one thing that stuck out right from there, right? And it's a phenomenal book. It's just a, basically a little story. Is never miss an opportunity <laughs> to tell someone you're proud of them. So even just doing that with your child—that that is a reinforcement of what she's done as positive. And I remember Dan talking about this girl that um, owns like a, a crash type thing in, in No Limits. And he was talking to her and he thought it was just a crash. he sent her to school. And he was like, no, we follow this Swedish model where we never say no to the kids. Like they could go and grab a glass like this and they're going to smash and they're like okay is that the best thing to do right so like i was sort of going i was like well that's a type of environment i do want my kids to smash shit up and learn from it rather than being told listen you kids no i don't I exactly
0: <laughs> i'm but, sitting here like i'm just thinking my my four-year-old grabbing a knife and me going like okay <laughs> <laughs> well, I ain't gonna get that it. You
1: <laughs> shouldn't be a fucking knife throwing. Like, a, <laughs> so like,
0: like uh. a, a glass of smashes could be just like never would be like, a whoa, whoa, like save. Save is the most clumsy chair. I love her she's like too so clumsy. And like, I see when she picks out like a porcelain bowl or something, I'm like whoa, whoa, give me that, thank you. Even but that's that's part of me. I know that's part of me because what I'm doing is I'm instilling. I don't trust you. Yep. And I'm actually, and i ridiculous when I think about this, I'm actually putting the, the value of a bowl over the value of her confidence. That's actually a profound experience. Sir. I just really just thought that there. Thank you, Paddy. But you're yeah, there. like in
1: terms <laughs> of the environment, um, on our talk the other day, um, I just say is be careful where you're taking your influence from because like nowadays in terms of millennials and um, some of the younger generation, you're looking at social media and you're looking at these people who are either pushing fad diets or they're putting up arborist photos and you're feeling like like i'm i'm worthless like i'm not as motivated as them the the story i actually told was max shanks you remember we had max shank over a few years ago yeah i didn't get to go to him now max is an absolute animal strong as a ball athletic like the course that he was delivering folks when you don't know was called ultimate athleticism it was a mixture of strength training gymnastics you know calisthenics cattle belts everything that you would want to be if you were into fitness I be back, like, somewhere yeah i and so i was taken away for dinner most nights and uh i was like okay he's here for a week i wasn't expecting to be here for a week i was like right what am i going to do with him and i was like i know i know a lot of people over at titanic studios who fucking game of thrones oh that's big max here do you like game of thrones he's like ah like what's the first one or two seasons and i was dead and i was like all right well <laughs> what, do you, what do you do with your spare time And he just went like this. Well, the average person watches like TV for three to five hours a day. Over the course of a year, that's about 1,500 hours. I could get a master's degree in 800 hours. And I was like, What what the fuck? He says, I was like, Well, what do you do the rest of your time? He says, I've learned to play seven instruments. And I'm just sitting there going, I need to stop watching fucking Game of Thrones. Here, Isn't it those people. people? Like, if I was around him, would that motivate me? No. Oh, yeah. I would feel like shit. I would feel yeah, like, I, would, I don't do enough. You know what I'd I mean? I'd be motivated yeah. the
0: fuck. I would be pushed. That would drive me, you see. <laughs> if, I'm, if I'm with him all i got, I'm like, and he's hanging about me all the time and I'd be like, oh God. Do you know the best time I felt was when, it, when Gareth forced me to train me. done don't need to work out right until I put my hamstring Trying to keep up with 27 it was Not smart. But uh, especially when you can't squat my hips. <laughs> but uh, like when Gareth, I was, I, I was like, Fuck, I ain't gonna beat this fucker in curve. He's 25 and I'm 42. I ain't gonna beat her 41, I'm gonna
1: beat him. You know, so I find that sort of do motivating. But, but that's I, more that's more achievable. I'm sitting there going, fuck me, like an RTV, the wind down, like that's all I want. I, I don't want to fucking spend a- <laughs> a lot, but- but would you not, would you not like to, do you not think to yourself, like, I I automatically
0: go, you know something? He's living life. He's getting experiences. Like, everything he's doing is accumulating more experiences, more knowledge, more ability to pass things on. And as coaches, that's what we should be wanting to do. So why are yeah, we not but, wanting to do that?
1: Well, that's it. it. Then it comes down to that growth or fixed mindset. That growth mindset of going, right, I see that as a challenge. And, okay, right, I'm, I'm going to take that on. Where the, the negative connotation is a challenge, is the fear. I don't want to put myself out there. I don't want to do this. But, uh yeah, like – I would, I would say I've had both situations, especially running the business. So the first lockdown, we were like, whenever people were dropping off and, you know, we're leaving, nobody knew what was going on security ways. And then I'm at home and I'm going, am I doing enough? And I was actually popping my own head away Like, can I do more. Like it was freaking me out. Now I'm a lot more reserved in this one, but it's like, and then after a couple of days of, or even a day, I had one real bad day. I just went, this is a fucking challenge. Like, you know, So I would have picked myself up and did what you probably did, but uh, it's like, fuck me, right? Sometimes you spend time around people who, you know, uh, Daniel Pink talks about this in a book called Drive. In order to get the most out of the people that, that work for you or you work with, you need to find this Goldilocks effect. And the Goldilocks effect is a task that is just above their skill level just above, okay, so that they raise to the challenge. If it's too high, they're not going to be able to do it. If it's too low or it's the same mundane task, they're not going to get enthused about it. They're not going to feel like there's a sense of achievement um, or whatever they've done. So that's what's good when you go and train with someone like that. He's forcing you to up your game and push yourself. The best example
0: I can give you there is uh, as, a, as an MMA coach for years, <clears throat> when a beginner came in, like I was just talking to Andy Burrows about 10 minutes before John you about getting punched in the face, it's the fear factor. Now, if I come in there uh, like a kid who's just, you know, and I just, boom, and he's never going to come back. But if I tap him and make his eyes water a wee bit, but he, i make him realize, keep him going, come on, come on, come on, keep going. And he gets up and I'm like, see, you're okay, pop. And by the 10th, pop, that nose isn't hurting that much he It's not, you know, you're not hitting him that hard, but he's no longer the fear. And then you can maybe bring him in again and do that and then build it up. Until eventually they're just smiling as they get hit in the face like it's nothing. And it's yeah. that like, accumulation
1: of stress. You know that, that's, that's the key to that. So this, and that's, that. That is the exact same as walking into a gym. right? So see, the people that walk into your gym, the people who walk into my gym, it is not their place. It's not where they feel the most comfortable. Like I always tell people, I'm the most confident person in the gym, but put me in a hairdresser's. I'm out, of my, I'm out of my fucking death, right? So I'll not feel comfortable. So I always used to tell my staff, and you've seen our gym, before we had the, the window stickers up, big massive windows, people would look in. I always told my staff, wave at them, smell, say say hello. And Shauna Bell, you, as you know, <laughs> she tortured her one time at a, a Cattledale workshop. She says, that she stayed enough for our course? Because she walked by and she was looking in and I waved, I was at the front window and she came in. She ended up saying enough for a two grand PT course, right? But, it was just something as simple as making people feel a little bit at ease. This isn't the horrible place that you think it is. It's not full of those people grunting and girls with full cases of makeup. Like that's what we, you know, pride ourselves on being anti gym. The gym that is for everybody and it's more community based, like yourselves. I think because that's all of us know, but it's not like a, there's
0: a there's a core group of us in this in this country that just. We've got the same sort of philosophies and training I, I, as a generalization, like you'd know, I'd be more kettlebell specific, maybe Finbar would be almost purely kettlebell and barbell specific, usually be more generally with a lot of movement involved, so but we've got the same sort of ethos, and I think that's why you see these, two, we're in that same circle of successful gym owners, because yeah. we've got our own unique way. Like, my unique way is definitely, like, abusing the shit out of people <laughs> like, and slaking. But I'm blunt. I am blunt. I am blunt sometimes too much. And sometimes I go, oh, maybe I was a bit overboard there. But, you know.
1: At least people know where they stand as well. Do you know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. So not being fed bullshit. Um,
0: I think that's the problem with the industry. Like, I am the anti-gym industry. Like, you know, there there's too much lying and procrastinating and, and like, trying to get yourself to be noticed by everyone, doing any stupid thing at all, just to get attention and likes. Does it work? Not in the long term, no.
1: Listen, do you know who, like, whose video I seen the other day? And like, it just made me laugh because this goes to show you what social media is about. Tom Morrison's video, right? And I love Tom, but I just don't follow him because I know he'll put my head away. But (laughs) videos, his videos are entertaining and it attracts people's eye. And because as you were saying that, I was thinking about, we were walking down by the Titanic when I when I lived still on the Strand, and we're walking the dog, and these two girls in neon-colored fucking um, gym leggings, look like gym shark, like fitness model type things, getting funky poses under Titanic things, and you know trying to be that influencer or trying to be that, oh, I'm going to be the next best thing or whatever it is, um, and that's what's wrong with the industry. Like, there's an awesome book there again from John Barardi, Changemakers, and we sent it to everyone. It's a book, isn't it? Yeah, every one of the students who sign up for the PT course, that's the first thing we send them because the people who are doing the best are the ones who have either adapted their approach and make it client centered, regardless of what you believe in, your bias, and so forth. The good thing about a cattlebell is you can do every fundamental movement that, you, mm-hmm. that the human body needs to do. So you're still going to get results, whether you do your barbell or whatever it was. And there's a guy I follow, a coach, um, Coach Kassam from N, uh, N1. And he actually said something that I was like that really makes sense. And, and it it's in tune with what way I train, which is like for so long, we've trained around instruments. We've trained around barbells, we've trained around, which may not be what way the human body is fundamentally designed to move, but we use these things as progressive overload. And it was more the barbell. You know, that's why kettlebell is so good. It can move in a variety of ways. It allows your body to move, but a barbell is quite restrictive, and I love barbell training.
0: I think uh, people need to embrace sandbag training more. To me, sandbag training is the, the one of the most. It's the easiest way you can you can build different ways of sandbags, but the way you lift the sandbag, the way the sand moves, it flops the way things moved when we were when we were like warriors, rah, kill people, swinging swords, mace belts type stuff, Indian clubs. Then you were grabbing your mates and you were hoisting them on your shoulders. It moves like a body, and that's where like as a fighter, like. Davy Patterns used to make us do all these runs with like people on our shoulders and all bodyweight exercise, lifting bodies. That was the worst, the most horrific training you could do. But it built this sinewy, like endurance strength in you that you didn't, yeah. it didn't matter you couldn't deadlift 250 kilo. You could throw that human body about like nothing, which was what we're really training for. We're training for survival, we're training to climb, we're training to crawl and roll and run. And I think that's where the industries went to down the The Instagram route, you know, that's all it is about.
1: And the the only flip side to that is, and the only say the reason why I'd say that people are doing that stuff is, yes, we probably should be doing all that, but we aren't hunter gatherers the way we were. People are not under the same stress, so they know they can just do basic fucking sadsel playing movements and get away with it until they fucking you know end up with perp or whatever it is. So yeah, like. I, I'm all for any form of expression of movement. Like I used to be a few anti things. I've realized over time that anything I feel like that, I challenge myself to put myself in, in that shoes. I'm not
0: anti anything. I don't think I think anything. that can benefit the body. I can see I can see benefit in most things. There are some stupid things like a shake weight. I know you love that shake weight, but I don't. Know. <laughs> I don't. I don't really think much of that. But apart of that, there's nothing feels better. And pulling a PD off the floor to me. I'm like a deadlift, you're like boom, or getting a big bench press. There's an ego side of it. And anyone who says you don't train for ego, you're lying. Of course you do. Because everyone wants their wife to look and go, Fuck you. You
1: know <laughs> yeah, there's, there's awesome. a funny story we have about we used to have a shake weight right in the gym, but we didn't, <laughs> Right? No, the first, gym, yeah, the first gym we had above the bar, somebody had bought it from TK Maxx, one of our trainers bought it, right? And know it you have to shake it, right? So what we started to do is we started to wind people up. Now they didn't know we were going, right? We're gonna do a fitness test, we're gonna do a basic point, <laughs> right? We're gonna hold and you have 30 seconds, right? To to shake this weight. And my honestly, one of my childhood friends, um, I mean, he had no clue, he was shaking this thing like this right I was going mate it has to be faster has to be faster because we used to just mess about and have a laugh and I swear to god we were in absolute rafters and even (laughs) like the girls we would get the girls to do it but we were trying to hold our laugh going yeah keep going yep (laughs) yep but uh like I actually had people in a kettlebell class doing conga lanes right with leg kickers and they were actually uh, now this is just me fucking about because at some point I think that expression of me enjoying myself comes across. but Of course, you have to do that. That's, that's uh, Andrew. You have to learn it's to it's laugh true? at yourself. Are you sure I have to kick her leg out and put her arms on her shoulders? So I was like, yes. And then you know what happened a couple of weeks later? Because I'd wound them up so much. I was like, right, we're going to do bar crawls. And nobody had really <laughs> crawls. And they were like, nah, PJ, you're having a fucking laugh. You're messing us about again. Because I used to go, right, reach up, have a wee stretch, put one arm down. And they'd all be standing, like this. And I'm like, now nah, these are all little teapots, And they're like, yeah, uh,
0: I don't That's know what to so crawl weird. with all the girls that I was training in Al's place when they between Iron Fit and Primal. And I had them all crawling. And I said, Pause, okay, lift your left arm up, good, keep walking, lift your right arm up, okay, lift your left leg up, cock it out right to the side. You all know, cock it out right to the side, the leg of dogs pissing. <laughs> and the, they were the only ones that didn't catch on with the whole of the rest of the gym, but that, but that is what you need to do. You, you, if, you thought, if you do not associate training with laughter and relaxation and and like laughing crying it's a stress release and it's an endorphin rush when you're lifting weights you know so if you need you need to have that good association with that and when you build that relationship up with it i find then three but for three months i don't even really bust my client's balls about food i just give them general advice and just get them focused on one thing let's get you here every single day because i can't help your diet if i can't get you in the habit of coming up so, for three months, I won't even really curb it that. I'll give them the hint. I'll say to them, How are you eating Let's Mind you do this? So you know, that, palm, that, that, just simple guidelines. But after three months, we'll really start talking about the nutrition element and how you can now improve. Because for three months, when you're moving more, lifting more, you're going to lose more anyway. So, it's only for three, for three months, you're, in the first three months, you're not going to really need, you're, you're going to see results enough that's going to motivate you enough. And it's going to be slow enough and steady enough that it's going to be lasting. So I've I've sort of adopted that approach, and that's just from purely experience of being being forty three now, you know, and understanding what a forty three year old man sort of does. And I want my beer, and I want to chill out, and I don't want to be I don't want to about all day every day. And I embrace fasting, which I want to talk to you about anyway. I embrace fasting because it's easy for my lifestyle, and I think that has to be one of the things that. The Instagram is confused, so many people with you know, like you're bombarded with carb cycling, carb blah, 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 blah. it's just what do I do? So I combine everything and it goes fucked up. What do you do? How do you approach how do you approach that? Get. The-
1: I, I answered this before and I said to someone, someone was like, How do you eat? I says, I'm a, intermittent fasting keto carb back road person <laughs> and they looked at me and they're like what i was like "I fast in the morning because i'm busy i don't really need to do anything um I'm, i don't want to be sitting down to eat something because i'm training clients and want to get stuff done comes the lunch time like if i have too much carbs at lunch I feel feel get sleepy so i'll go protein fats and then i'll train and then i'll have carbs after and people are like they, they, they can't see the concept that Forget about trying to put a square hole in a round peg. It's like, what is the easiest thing that you can do that you can adhere to that's going to get you results? It's Sweet. as simple as that. Yeah, like adherence, adherence is the number one thing. I have a client that's working with me uh, in the States at the minute. And when we started talking, um, he's a Wall Street banker. And we started talking and he was like, you know, I buy these keto plans, these keto meals that are delivered to me and so forth. And about two three weeks in we've been talking about nutrition each week we've given them programs he was saying that he was reading all these cheesy books you know like the insulin code and all this here crap and i sent him something um he was like my, my garments tell me i'm burning three and a half thousand calories and you have me on two thousand why is that and so I explained to him where he was actually sent them information about reverse dieting and what we were doing and, and talking through the, the whole process And he's now slowly starting to change his mind and I'm slowly starting to get him to increase carbs. And the reason why-
0: Sorry to interrupt you, but when you finish up, do you want to talk more about reverse dieting? Because that's something I have no clue about actually and I'm interested in knowing
1: a bit more about. So like he mentioned like to me, he's like, okay, right. So why why am I following keto? Right? Because this is the whole point of the adherence is I said, listen, I'm clan-centered. Whether I believe in, in what you're doing or not, is of no importance to me. It's getting you results and it's getting you something that you can follow. If you like can follow that and you've been doing it for a while and it's easy for you to implement, those little changes I'll make as we go along. And I fundamentally believe this. If you're a coach in any aspect, results come first. Um, and the reason why I say that is if someone pays me money, okay, what they've done is they've elevated my status. They're saying that I know more than them, but they still don't trust me. I need to get them a result, right? So I'm willing to bust somebody's balls for the first 30 days. And we know, you know, exercise may be new to them. We might just make a couple of tweaks to their dad um, and they'll get results. And when they get results, that status and that trust goes up. And then I can start, you know, turning the screw of it being a lifestyle. And you said something that's super important. There is getting into something that is positive. For me, this is a something I heard from... Um, the Scottish Fitness Expo years ago, James Can't it, all it was, and he was talking about these two loops, the positive loop and the negative loop. So in terms of fitness, if you do something positive, say you go and work out, right, you feel better after your workout, you know if you were to do this continuously, you're going to look better, which is going to feed you more confidence. And when you're in that good positive cycle, you're like, I want to continue this. And the only way to break that good cycle is to do something negative. It's a weekend, I get pissed, I wake up hungover. I feel like crap. I'll eat something bad. Comes to Monday. Oh, couldn't be arsed going to the gym or so forth. And the only way to break that bad cycle is to do something positive. So what I say to my guys is, I don't care if you go and get pissed at the weekend, and need a little junk. you're an adult. Okay, I'm going to treat you like an adult. I'm going to speak to you like an adult. But even when you don't feel like it, you turn up at that gym. Why? Because I know whether they believe it or not, or want to believe it. I know that that shitty session that they put in for 20 minutes it's better than doing nothing, and it's going to break that bad cycle. So as 100%. you say, there, it's not a bad approach to turn around and say to someone, "I need you 100% focus on this." When we nail this, we do a habit stack, as James Clear would would talk about. You know, build upon those things rather than you know. I'm, go
0: I'm a very big up. believer in the um, my coaching method. The way I believe it, like it's it's like raising a child. When you first come to me, you're like a newborn as far as I'm concerned. You know, that's, you're like, a you're like a, from one to two, not, not the two. I'm gonna hold your hand. I'm gonna make sure you, I'm gonna tell you, no, you do this, not like that. I'm gonna to talk to you in a way that I hope you understand, not patronizing, but that it breaks it down to a complete beginner can understand and feel comfortable with. And then you're gonna start getting to about seven or eight. And I'm gonna let go of the reins a wee bit. I'm still gonna check on you, I'm still gonna keep you going. Then you're gonna be a teenager soon. And that's sort of the way, you know, so the guys in my gym who are with me five years, like, they're adults to me I, so it's like, I just tell them what to do. They're there because they love the community. They're there because they know that I've done something wrong. I've got it, bang, do this, change that. They know if the, the results are stagnating, I can manipulate the route the programmer following to suit them, which gives them a bit of personal attention as well and makes them feel important, which they are. And I think that's very important when you're doing a group setting like I've got. You've got to be able to individualize programs to let people know that if this isn't working, we've got this, you know, and they've got options. That's what builds a community. But um. Yeah, I've lost my track of the train of thought.
1: <laughs> like, see, based on what you're saying there, this, this came to me over a year ago and I ended up doing a seminar on it, right? I was taking another nutrition seminar. We usually do like a, a workshop every month for the clients, whether it's cattle bells or barbells or nutrition or motivation, whatever it is. And I was taking our nutrition and a lot of our clients have been with us a long time. And I was like, I don't want to say the same fucking thing here. Track your calories, eat this, do that, blah, blah, blah. And I went, you know what? I'm not going to talk about that. I'm going to talk about something different. And I went, okay, well, what do people want to leave with? They want to leave with information that's individualized or specialized to them. Anybody who turns up a nutrition seminar and even the students of the elite, people will ask questions either based on themselves or their clients. Right. So there's always, that's what I love about nutrition. Always an answer. Always somebody have a question. And I was like, you know, not everybody wants to track their food. Not everybody wants to weigh their food. Not everybody wants to do X, Y, and Z. So I come up with this three clan stages. Now the clan stages could be evolved, right? And I, I, I did it at this seminar and I just went, listen, first off, before we do anything, you need to recognize where you're at, right? So if you go to a park and it says you are here, once you get your surroundings, you know what direction you need to go in. If you need to go that way, you know where you are, you go that way, right? If you want to get the A to B. If you're running about with your head up your hole and you don't know what you want, you're not gonna get any results. So if you're stage one, stage one is people who have no clue about food, probably have never trained before one or the other, like they don't know what they're doing, right? They just have no experience, no cooking skills, no nothing, right? And I'm like, do you know what you need to do? You just need to move. Like as you were saying there, you get people coming in, having a clue, let's just get you moving. Um, no clue about food, let me look at your food, you're having four takeaways a week, cut that down to two, right? Just simple, simple, simple things, right? And it has then, to be that they, want, they, that they don't feel fearful of it. If they go, <gasps> too much. Yeah. Like if we work with busy people, right, and busy professionals and busy mums and dads, the last thing they want is more stress on their plate, more hassle. Nobody wants to cook four different meals in the house. Nobody wants the meal prep anymore. And I, and I understand that. So the way I look at it is my job is to create solutions, not problems, by me giving them a bass of go and follow that bodybuilding dad, six six meals, you know, they're, they're just going to go, this is really hard to follow. So, like, that's where that stage came from. The stage two people are people who've never been, maybe have been to a gym before, maybe done some training classes, whatever it is. They're, they're comfortable in the gym. Um, and usually what happens is them people usually maybe hit a plateau or they lack a bit of motivation or whatever it is. And what I say to these people is, you need a plan. You need a focus you need a goal and you need to be pushed and you need to be held accountable to that goal um but some of the things that hold these level two or stage two people back previous successes i don't know you'll probably experience this all the time you know somebody comes in like ah you know i used to be able to bend 140 to well you're i uh, you have a dodgy fucking shoulder you've ripped your rotator cuff you would be lucky if you bend 60 how about we just get you you know stronger a little bit more mobile and think about your long-term health or if it's nutrition I know you lost three stones in the world but it came to a halt and you didn't change and nothing changed so if you want to repeat that same cycle go ahead but nothing's going to change unless you do so sometimes these people need challenge they need motivated they need a good plan and then I call the stage three the lifestyle douchebags they love fitness they've got to the point where they don't see exercise and nutrition as a means to an end they're not doing it to lose weight build muscle they're doing it for their mental health they're doing it because it's part of their social circle and construct they love moving they feel better after it they're part of a community like primal or, or hybrid and those people know when to rein back they have good habits instilled and i always tell people see these level three people these stage three they have earned the rank. Right. they have busted their balls in the gym they've tried things and it hasn't worked or they've reached out to somebody who is a coach who has taught them everything that they need to do and they have fast tracked them okay so I just said to my guys Mm -hmm. what stage are you at if you tell me what stage you're at I'll tell you the next thing you need to do straight away so everybody's leaving going I know the next exact step I need to take rather than coming and going PJ's going to tell me to track through because you know like I said I'm getting to the point now where you almost need to be you need to get people directing for me. You know me, I would have blagged and just talked all the sciencey shit because that's what I learned. Yeah. Where it's my job now to make it into layman's terms and go, let's cut out the fluff. What so that let's
0: mean? do that then. Talk to me reverse that because it's something I hear about a lot of time, but I have no, because you know what I like about my nutrition? I'm like, I'm like, keep it simple. You know, yeah. I tried to do Martin at the, the MNU and two months in, I just went, this is not for me. It's just, it's just. Oh. It's more stress. That was you know the one it is. More stress.
1: Ah. That, that's <laughs> what it was. It was like
0: more stress. Like, I don't need this stress in my life to have to study this to get this and maybe feel it because I so I in a way it was good that I done it because it, it made me realize one that I didn't want to do it. And two,
1: I'm not passionate about that either.
0: It sort of brought me back to going, this is what it's like for a client. It's yeah. like for, you know, like the stress, and I don't need this. And you have to find a way of of how overcoming it, you know. But anyway, so reverse that. And,
1: Um, reverse dieting for anybody that doesn't know, um, it's basically when your metabolism has adapted, um, where it's maybe slowed down a little bit from dieting for long term. Um, and it has potential adverse effects on your body. Now, before I get into, um, reverse dieting, what I do want to stress is you cannot break your metabolism, right? You can't fuck it. It can adapt, you know, to a level which is lower than where you currently should be. But you can bring that back up. But there's a couple of things that cause issues there. So just to go into a study, there was a study on 20 obese people who had said that they had more than 20 attempts at dieting and that they could not lose weight on 1,200 calories. Right, 20 obese people who had said they've tried loads of diets, over 20 diets, they're eating 1,200 calories and they couldn't lose weight. Now, what they found was they underreported 50% of them underreported on their actual food intake by calories. So, what that means is they thought they were eating 1,200, but they were actually eating 2,000 calories, right? Not even that, they asked them how physically exertive was the exercise that they were doing. 50% of them again says that they were doing more exercise. Than they were actually saying so they were saying they were overexerting themselves more than their body was letting on so they were actually over reporting their uh, their energy expense or how much calories they burned by 250 calories right and the point i want to make about this is when they did the conclusion they found that these people were in fact not in a calorie deficit right they were overeating and um over reporting their their energy intake And the biggest cause of weight loss plateaus and weight loss stopping is not that your metabolism is suddenly fucked, is that you stop following the diet as strict, you stop pushing yourself as hard in the gym. And the research will tell you adherence drops over a longer period of time. People are motivated and inspired when they start and over time it drops. And if anybody's familiar at Hagrid, we used to do 12-week transformations. And I noticed this blip. It was, it was always between four and eight weeks where people fell off the bandwagon. And when they were near the end, they got this rush of energy and near finish. That's why we'd done away with it. We were like, this doesn't go into what we believe in terms of a lifestyle and so forth. It's not worth it. It's great money, but it's like, I'd rather have a client for a year then have them for three months. So, you know,
0: I have uh, changed my method again. I still do it, but I do it as part of the gym program for those who want to do it as part of their gym program, as a once-a-year reward. I go, right, it's coming up across summer. Anyone wants to get themselves and go on holiday or something like that, you just want to get in shape. Here's the program for you. Just listen, take it serious.
1: Do it. See what I do? It, none of them ever stick with it. Like, it's always going to sell because people want things quick. We're, we're the kings I would say um, us and Dan of six week challenges. Six weeks is like the sweet spot. Um, if anybody has seen us and they know what we're about, they might see our marketing and see that we're pushing you know, six week challenges and lose uh, you know, a stone in six weeks and blah, blah, blah. I'm smart, right? I used to realize that my principles of what I believe in, they work, but nobody was coming through my door. I need to sexy it up. And when they come through my door, I tell them the truth. So I always say, listen, do you want to lose half a stone? to you stone in the next six weeks? Yes. Okay. I can guarantee you this on this program. They sign no, up, And then I, first thing I do in our welcome seminar is this is my job. This is your job. My job is give you the best training, best nutritional base, push your ass as hard as you can. None of that matters unless you turn up with a smell and do the work. If you want to lose that stone, you do the work. So instantly I separate that person who feels like I paid for this and I deserve results. You got to work your ass off. But like I said, I got to, I got to sexy that up to get people through the door. And then once they realize they get the result and so forth. But if we go back to that, you know, um, reverse that. most people feel like their metabolism is fucked. People are going on in starvation mode. That's why my body's holding on to all this fat and, and so forth. I always tell people, see the best way to gain weight is go on a diet. And they look at me a little bit confused. And it's like, whenever you go on a diet, right, you're taking food away from your body. Uh, your body wants to be at this baseline. So all those calories that you take away are slowly totten up somewhere, okay? So say you should be eating 2,000 calories and you're eating 1,000. Over the course of the week, that's a 7,000 calorie gap. yeah? Mm-hmm. Two weeks, 14,000, three weeks, um, you know, mm-hmm. 21, 28. Most people can sort of do about three to five weeks of a strict gap. When you binge, because you will binge, um, because your, the body wants all those calories back, you'll feel like you cannot fill that hole. Like I've done it when I was sort of doing a photo shoot. I could not stop eating. I was just nonstop. I was like, I got to send myself to bed here, right? So you're you're dealing with that um, physiological response. Your body is releasing a hormone called ghrelin. It tells you you're hungry, right? So when you're praying to put on body fat is when you're actually dieting, okay? Because your body's thinking, oh, well, hold on a minute, my job is to survive. I've been slowly eating less and less, so forth. And as you eat less and less, the body's like, okay, well, I don't need, I don't need to produce as much testosterone here. I don't need to produce as much of this hormone. Um, I'll just slow down. And it's actually proven the leaner you get and the lower you go in calories, the less you twitch, the less you blink, um, you are more tired, more sleepy and so forth. And what happens is when you get to that point, your metabolism is down where it is. First and foremost, it's usually lack of dietary adherence is the reason why you plateau. But when you get to that end goal, you're so primed to put on body fat straight after that Dad, if you stop doing what you were doing. So to give you an example, our 12-week guys, by the end, will have been training six days a week. Yeah?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: They've been following a, a low-calorie plan, right? Maybe some of the crazy stuff, your carb cycle, so forth. What do you think is going to happen when they finish the plan and they go from training six days a week to either zero or three?
0: Boom, big rebound.
1: And you take away that strict dad and you let them eat whatever the fuck they want.
0: Even bigger rebound. Yes.
1: So your body, who which has lost all this amount of calories over 12 weeks, is like, yes, give me it back, and it is primed to store that, right? So basically. What a reverse dad is is, and this is not sexy, but we're all about fucking getting people results. Fuck sexy. You need the dad out of your dad. That is the hardest thing I can explain to someone because people think the hard work's done when you lose the weight. The hard work's not. The hard work's done keeping that off. And pretty much what a dad is is bringing you out of a dad without putting on body fat or minimizing the weight gain. And the the example I have is my partner. She's down the stairs. Year ago, not last year, two years ago, we were going to Cuba. Uh, so we started in about 12, 13 weeks out. But six weeks before we were due to go away, she was down 10 kilos, right? And she was down about 1400 calories, and all is apart after She's thick. Like she's not, you she's know. She's going to love that. Yep. You no, she loves me. that. And <laughs> um, I love that. So I said to her, six weeks out, no more weight loss. And she went, what do you mean? I want to lose. I says, no more. She was the latest it's ever been, even more than when Tubbs trained her. Just getting that wee dig in there. (laughs) Um, And she was like, why? I says, you have a history of going away and rebounding. Here's what's going to happen. So we took her from 1,400 calories and brought her up to 15. What happened? No weight gain. Okay, great. Let's go up to 1,600. No weight gain. Okay, great. 1,700. No weight gain. Okay, 18, got to like 1900 and she put on like a pound. And she's like, what do we do? I say, we leave it there, right? We keep it the same until it levels off and we can back up. She put on two kilos before we went away, right? Now people, most girls will freak out and go, I put on weight. L- let me rephrase this. She's still down eight kilos. She was nigh up to 2,500 calories a day that I had her eating. So she's able to maintain that eight kilos off with 2,500 calories. Right? When we come back from holiday, we went down to like 2,000, 2,200, which is a lot of food still. And she dropped the weight that she put on very, very quickly. And then she was able to maintain that weight. And so these increases it week by week or was it like 10 days? Or there, There's a couple of different ways. You could bring someone up. If you knew someone's maintenance, so if you want to keep dietary adherence for a, for a long period of time, if you're doing a 12-week transformation, say you've got someone whose maintenance is 2,000 and they're eating 1,500, you may just say to them, you know, Paul, listen, have 2,000 today. Or what I would say without confusion, a client is um, go and have a burger and chips tonight, enjoy yourself. Right? I don't want to tell them they're having a cheat day because that's a negative kind case. Yeah. I don't want to tell them to have a free day. Say, listen, I'll make it into something positive. You've busted your balls. You've done well. Like, I can just see your energy starting to dip there. Go enjoy yourself, right? But, you know, we're back on. Yeah, 100%. Right, cool. So I know what's happening. I'm giving them a little bump. Then their metabolism gets a little bit of a jolt and they're like, fuck me, right? And then when they come back down again, like, usually what will happen is when you have that, your weight will go up for about a day or two Mm -hmm. and it will drop again. And this is something that a lot of people, if you're listening on here and you're worried about weight, weigh yourself every day as long as you're mentally stable to take um weighing yourself you will see how much you fluctuate every single day because as coaches this is the hardest part of my job if i'm training and i I hate to say it the females are worse at this if i if they don't like getting weighed and i weigh them once a week i have one opportunity if that if that scale is not right their whole mindset their whole thing is off they're, they're dumb they're like why am i even bothering i'm pissed where the day before they were probably down two pound they probably had you know some extra sugar or some extra carbs the night before and it's like
0: it's mad how how so many people's mental health and how they feel about themselves can be dictated to you by a machine that's been bought out of argus for 30 quid that is that is like it depends on how much moisture's in the bathroom. Have you had a shower? Have you had a shower before you get out? Okay, your scale is probably going to weigh different than what it would have been had. you know, like these are things you've got to factor in. But they don't. It's like they've got the data in front of them. I'm fat. I'm useless. Fuck it.
1: And it's like like what I do with the reverse data is I try and change the scale. Uh, like I, I don't put a focus on. It. I'm like okay, I need to know the weight. But what you're going to notice, right? And I have a couple of clients who're reverse dating at the minute your sleep is going to improve, your energy is going to improve, your strength is going to improve. And I really emphasized them like, how are you sleeping? Oh fuck, i feeling amazing, I'm like, great. Like, how's your weight? Ah, oh, I'll put on a pound. And I was like, I know, but like, look at all these things that are happening, I know. One girl came to me, she's doing a 12 week transformation. She was on a thousand calories a day. I said, let me stop you there, right? With a bodybuilder, 12 week transformation. I said, let me stop you there. Grilling everything. No salt on meals, no sauces, pretty much um, chicken turkey. She's like, yeah, okay. Um, she says, I still want to lose weight. I just went to her, you're fucked. You are fucked. If I was you, this is what I would do. I was like, see if we're going to work together, right? Here's what I'm going to do with you. I'm going to reverse diet do X, Y, and Z. I can't promise you how much weight you're going to lose because I'm not a fucking crook. I can only tell you based on what the research tells me and the people I've worked with is Your sleep's going to improve, your energy's going to improve, your mood's going to improve, and you're probably going to drop weight, right? but I can't tell you how much. Okay. And what I did is I got her up to 1,800 calories. She was about half a stone down over three months, which, to be honest, isn't a lot, and I I can see her point of view. But then I try and rephrase that again. I'm like, listen to yourself. You have lost weight, and you're eating more food than you have ever eaten before in your life. It's the... You're in prime position to that now. You're in prime position to lose weight now. You know.
0: What do you do? Like, the, 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 you've got this society that is just bombarded with Instagram models, fake, and we know the logical us, the logical you knows these are photoshopped. They, are all. We all know everything, but the emotional you, the child you, that inner child that just that's hurting, the shy and insecure. It's screaming because it wants what that picture. It wants what that picture's portraying even though the logical you knows that picture isn't portraying, isn't portraying any reality. It's yeah. insanity, like it really is. And it's such a sad thing to see so many people, like our job is to try to improve lives. It's, 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 it's to change lives, but yet you've got people in our industry absolutely destroying them because they're so insecure about their own, their own feelings. That it's almost like reflected on their clients by like being really ball bosses on like, do this do this do you go you gotta go this strict it's like they're getting gratifications of presenting their clients results it's, it's i don't know it's madness i think this industry is doing so much damage and if the, the, the social media platforms are allowing this damage to happen you know by the, the, the seeking the blue tick you know getting the getting the likes getting the followers you're going to do more extreme diets you're going to do more extreme things you it's not about helping anyone anymore it's about getting likes and being extreme for everything and that's where you cross the wire and that's when it goes wrong
1: like my problem because i obviously train uh people who become personal trainers and i i tell them the honest truth i was like the industry like i feel i feel for personal trainers now i used to hate them i used to say you know they're fucking ripping people off or they're torturing people or doing things wrong now i actually feel for them because if I had someone who came to me and they were like, I just want to lose weight. Right. And I have a business and I have to put food on my table and I have to take a client. Like I've done this over the years. And I tell coaches, you're going to do the same. You're probably going to sometimes sell out your integrity for a client or to try and get someone a result. Right. So yeah, you're a liar. Yeah. Like some people will come to me and, and like, go. My coach gave me zero carbs. Right. And I used to go, he's a dickhead. He's a worker. He's like, well, do you know what? He's trying to find a way to get you results really quick so he can make money and still continue to make money. But he doesn't, to me, he doesn't care about you, right? And I'm going to tell you the truth. And where I see our gym is in the middle fold. I always say, we're the gym that people go to when they try and either do it themselves or they go cheap. And when they're fucked, they come to someone like me and I tell them the harsh reality and the truth, a bit like yourself, you know, you'll tell them the truth and people either love that or they don't. And if it's like, if you don't, you're not going to click with me or my community or my gym. Um, if you do, great. I am going to fucking bust my balls until you get where you want to go.
0: That's the most important part. It falls back to community. The, the tribal need, our tribal urgent need to fit in somewhere. And when you, it's hard. You, like you said, selling out, you need to put money on the table. You need to pay the rent. You need to do all those things. You have to do something. But as the, as you build, it's a natural process to let those people drop off. And it sounds like, it sounds terrible, but you're not a good fit for each other and you're sort of using each other. It's like a bad relationship, you know? And when you, it's not that you haven't done them a disservice. You're actually doing them a disservice by letting them stay or having them stay because you're in a position where you don't need them and that sounds terrible, but you don't need them and they're no longer, you're no longer benefiting them, you know, And and they're bringing you down. Yeah. so it's a, it's a it's a vicious cycle and i feel like i would turn and go just go to there go, go go to that guy listen i've how many times have i sent people down to use yeah. so, so i know I'm like these people are not for me and that's that's what you got to do you've got to have the confidence to do that but i wanted to ask you something quickly before you go before i uh, move on to the next up. they the reverse that, and do you add is it is it individualized or is it mainly carbs is it mainly protein you add as extra calories or
1: what way do you do it it's usually individualized um and it depends on the person like i said you could just bring someone on the maintenance for a day and bring them back down or you can do i i like the, a staggered approach on the calories each week until we get some form of response so that response could be they put on weight or whatever it is if you know if somebody is at 1200 calories and then i get them up 1300 nothing happens and increase it 14 so forth But it'll depend on what I believe is the rationale of the person. And what I mean by that is if I have somebody who's really freaked out by the scales, I may put it, you know, those extra calories, a little bit in the carbs, a little bit in the fats or protein. Like 100 calories is is 20 grams of carbs. But I know that carbs is going to bring in some extra water and it may freak someone out at the onset. So I I could put it in, depending on where their protein is, a little bit higher. I'm probably, based on what I see, and this is probably my best, one of the most logical people when it comes to giving people protein intake. Like there was research done by a guy called Brad Schoenfeld, right? And they found that the minimum effective dose for protein, right, to stimulate muscle protein synthesis, which is build a muscle or recovery, was between 20 to 40 grams, right? Between 20 to 40. This isn't, I'm not talking about this myth though, you can only absorb 20 to 40 grams. Basically, what he found was that was the minimum dose to get you know protein synthesis going. And I says, but the problem with society is if forty, if 20 grams is good enough, there's a dude out there going, 40 is better. There's a bodybuilder going, a fucking full Nando's chicken, 100 grams, that's better for you. No, it's not. It's just extra calories that you're going to fucking use to convert in the energy, which you could have used for carbs. So I see obscene amounts of people eating protein. I had one female that trains with me. She eats 250 grams of protein. I'm like, I don't even eat that. I know loads of dudes that don't even fucking eat that. You're just wasting energy, like when you could be doing this. So, yeah, it depends on the person. It depends on who I'm working with. It has to be individualised. If I have someone who doesn't care, I'm bumping those carbs up. I want to keep people's carbs as high as possible, um, so that they look better, like their energy levels are through the roof. Again, I'm trying to rephrase. Training is not about losing weight. Training is about performance, right? The weight loss, like, have I asked you a question? When do you lose weight? Me never. <laughs> well, you never. <laughs>
0: really. um, wait, you when do you, you lose weight? When you're not, when you're actually focusing on losing weight. Same when you're just okay, not.
1: But, like throughout the day. When when do you lose weight? I don't know. Good morning. Guess nearly. Okay. I know. Why morning?
0: Suppose because you, you haven't. You have you fasted, haven't you? You've slept at night. You've got most people got eight hours sleep. They're getting up their body's digested and they've, they've probably had a piss and probably a shit after their coffee step on the scales boom
1: so when you wake up right you you're told to weigh yourself that's you at your leanest right now as soon as you put food in so if you think you fasted for that eight are sleeping right so your body is just chipping away at any extra calories there um like you wake up you're at your latest as soon as you put food in your mouth what's your body then going to break down
0: food that's going to in food, food.
1: food okay so over the course of the day the food you put in if it's under what your maintenance is you should technically lose weight but when we lose weight is when we sleep because if you wake up in the morning you have breakfast are you later or heavier when you have breakfast yeah heavier heavier so when we lose weight is when we sleep when we metabolize all those nutrients throughout the day when we focus on that recovery process so people who are going and I've done this. I, I uh, weighed myself, went for a 10 may run, came back. I was two pounds down. And I took a photo and I went, this is what I call cheating the skills. You're only cheating yourself. If you do keto and you do that, you're cheating yourself. You're cheating the skills to go, oh, my God, look, I love. Did you fuck? right? You've took. You've lost water weight. You've lost some carbs. That's the real reason of where you're at now. So, like, that's why it's super important to focus on some of the other factors. Like, carbs are phenomenal right? And I used to, the reason why I say this is I have done every diet under the sun. I had worked with three or four different nutrition coaches myself. One, which was a clean eating bodybuilding coach, six meals a day. Thought it was good. It got me results, but it was the same six meals every day. Boring as fuck. I was like, I can't do this as a lifestyle. It, it led me to go, my nutrition plans are better than this. Then I went and worked with a flexible diet coach who was able to, you know, say you can have these foods, but as long as you stay within the calories and so forth. And then I, I got really into that. But I used to be, you know, proteins, fats. Now I don't believe in having carbs. I've been through all those phases. I've hated dairy. I've blamed I blame gluten. you know, that, that's probably the benefit of where I get my best results from all my mistakes.
0: Like from every day
1: coach. Yeah. Like, do you want know to do you know what I realized there, a while back and I actually sent it to him, Martin McDonald is so popular now, right? He was actually on a forum one time and I was talking on it, uh, writing on it, sorry, and I was saying that you the know, leading cause of what's happening is is gluten. I'd read uh, Dr. Michael Kessler's The Wheat Belly and I was like, it's gluten and he says, you're wrong. It was Mark McDonald, I didn't realise it was him at the time and he, he wasn't as big as he was and he sent me a message. He says, listen, your information is wrong. Here's a list. And I read through it and I was like, he's, he's right. I was just badmouthing this thing because I'd read this book from somebody and you know information is going to be aligned with this, and obviously, went and educated myself. Some we're more. all
0: guilty, everyone's guilty, but I still do it sometimes. you know, all do it. like it's just it happens. You've got a confirmation bias happening, and you've got your own personal bias. And you know, it's, it's going to happen Even if you're around people who are all believing it. Like, if you're CrossFit, paleo is the best diet in the world, and every time you tell say, like, if you say paleo is wrong, you've got 40
1: people shouting you, paleo is right. You know, that's that's where, um. You're great at stirring up a bit of that uh, anger and resentment, people. And I realize now that like that situation where you were saying, Come on, go on and rip into this person. I know now from experience, I can't change people's worldviews. So all I'm doing is shouting at a fucking computer screen. So I'm like, Do you know what it is? You go and do that.
0: Sometimes I just enjoy it.
1: <laughs> I know just the way people up, but I, I what I do is see when I'm in the town and the Mormons come up to me, I love it. I sit and chat to them until I get to the point where they're sick and tired of me and they leave me, right? But, uh, I email guys, those
0: guys. You know those guys not to tell you, like South Africa, tell you that your great uncle's died. Uh, and I email them to a late point. They go, "Would you please fuck off?" And I go, "No." <laughs> <laughs> like
1: they're trying, they're trying to change me from Mormonism to Christianity. So they're trying to impose their will. Any, any someone imposes their will on you, or anybody out here is watching this, you're just gonna go fuck off, mate. I need to figure that shit out myself. So you can you know, guide them, but you can't force it. Exactly. Exactly. So tell me so. this
0: last question for you. We're talking about diet, reverse diet, and all the extremities. Where's the balance? Where's the sweet spot, and how do we find balance?
1: And a short answer, because I don't do short answers. <laughs> yeah, whatever it takes for you to answer the question. So, just to give you a bit another bit of insight, I started my career when I had all these mistakes, um, looking into and ban all these nutrition courses and going and speaking to the best men in the field and thinking that I had to manipulate hormones and do all this here shit. And what happened is I end up coming full circle. I used to go to these nutritionists and say, listen, how do you do X, Y, and Z? And know what their answer was, it depends. It depends. And I'm sitting there going, hold on, mate. I fucking paid a decent amount of money. I don't want to know if it depends. He went, well, can you tell me, you know, history, dad history, training aids? age weight relationship with, and i was like fuck me it really does depend and i went full circle i've done the same thing Cause so see when i see things like you know manipulate the stress hormone do you know how you manipulate hormones Girl, what the fuck you put in your mouth so what is the one thing we can't control hormones but we can control what we put on our mouth that is the one thing we can control how much we exercise and we move So if I was giving anybody advice out there, forget about the fads, the crazy things, control the controllables and the rest will take care of itself. And that means you working your ass off. I call these prerequisites. You need to be pushing yourself physically at least three times a week. At least you need to be sweating. And I mean, I had this phrase to to clear your man, you must punish your body. And this is my way of escaping work and so forth. I've now I changed that because it was quite derogatory, was to to challenge my body.
0: Yeah, that's a better of
1: come to a cattlebell class and you know in Queens in the P series to work and lift an eight kilo cattlebell. And I was the only coach who went in and says, We don't use the it's in this class, right? We don't use these weights. I can't lift that next minute they're deadlifting the 16, a 24, whatever it is. I think, like, see if you're gonna leave here, because I, I knew a lot of them were students. See if you're gonna leave here and eat a Chinese after this, right? You're gonna fucking earn it, right? You're gonna push yourself harder than you ever thought i actually got the only complaint i've ever got about my coaching came from the PEC, and the girl says to me listen you're gonna like it and i says what is it she said your class was too hard and i was just like fuck me and i was covering a girl's class She did the same class every week i just went see if that's the level that people are at i can't do this like there's too much fucking snowflakes in here
0: yeah it's the sad we live in it's the world we live in
1: you know it's just yeah so it pretty much is balanced start off with the, the basic fundamentals make sure that you're moving and you're controlling your exercise and how much you walk on the daily increase your water I did it um the most googled uh fitness question um last night which was basically how to lose weight fast if you wanted that it's completely different to the best way to lose weight yeah pretty much keep your water super high make sure it's got electrolytes in it it's not just top water Train your ass off minimum three times a week, like physically push yourself. Eat a diet that is 80% whole single ingredient nutritious foods. If you're eating too much, you're obviously going to need to cut back regardless of whether it's healthy or not. And then the other thing is find a hobby, a sport, something you enjoy. Why? Because you'll not even see it as exercise. Like the weather's going to get good. If you want to go down the towpath in Lisburn, you jump on a bike and you'll cycle for two hours and not even think about it and you've burned a shit ton of calories. And now you've got a fitness lifestyle without having to go and spend nine hours a week in a gym.
0: It's no, it's no longer a punishment. People see the gym as punishment. You know, I've done bad, and that's the association. That's really need to be worked on. We, we're we're, we're uh, marauding animals. We, we like to you know wander the plains. It's uh, walking, hiking, get out in the mountains. Not only is it physically exerting, it's a grounding. Do you know like I am a big you know I, I'm the flip-flop mom like I wear flip-flops everywhere and uh, every time I get like my feet are on the grass Do you know that and, and people think all oh, hippie stuff but it's energy it's it's there's a connection vibration and we need yeah. to understand this
1: more and we need to embrace it more because that's the, you know, only, that's the only good thing I've seen with this lockdown right people keep spouting and trainers keep spouting about mental health right I don't even think trainers know what that, what that actually no. means right? but they're spouting it for a reason Thing that I've seen from this lockdown is people have no other option but to get out and walk or do at-home workouts, right? So people are now walking where they wouldn't never have walked before. Yeah, right. And now they're starting to get this association with activity helping mental health. That's what we want to promote. We want to promote because nobody wants to go to the gym and get their ass handed to them or busted and go, oh, well, how's that good for my mental health? Because I was beat down or that fucking weight beat me. They want something that is easy, that's positive. So physical movement is going to precede that mental health. Your body is crying out for mental stimulation, physical stimulation, spiritual, you know, as you were saying there about the vibration stuff that comes off the earth and so forth. It, that's what health is to me. Now it's not about looking like a bodybuilder, even though I still want to, I still have that ego. I still have one left heavy, but like it's an all over approach. You know, that another female client, the, the wife of the guy who I'm taking from the States, She's going through menopause. Uh, she's going through massive changes in terms of her job and her lifestyle. dead, um, has a back injury and so forth. So I'm praising her to the hill going, I actually didn't realize how much transition you're going through. But like being in a certain environment around these people, being more positive, being around people like me who are GMing you up, it's going to give your persona and everything about you a kick, which means taking on daily tasks like going for exercise becomes easier. So yeah, the approach is, Personally, if you I want to sort of,
0: of that, like a punch with a hug, I give a punch with a hug, you know. It's like, here's the brutal truth, but listen, we can get through it. Because yeah. that's the reality. You know, the brutal truth is you need to hear the brutal truth, and it's going to be painful. And no one likes to hear it. And you may take offense because you may be snowflake, but that's your problem. But if you if you take the hug, we'll get you through it.
1: Yeah. I think we're turning into like fucking LA. You know, like if you think of the movies where people are so much good at bluffing and bullshitting, where now people just respect honesty. Yeah. And it, as brutal as it sounds, and you may not be the flavor of the month, a.k.a. Sunday <coughs> <someday> work, <coughs> <but, laughs> you know, they'll at least know and go, okay, he has values and beliefs and, and so forth. Yeah,
0: because um, I don't care about shit like that. But, you know, because they, they got three clans of that. <laughs> so right. it help me out. But that's a society we're in, where it's all about ooh, flashy lights and get out of the let's just get on the next one, the next one, you know, clickbait. It's just clickbait, let's get let's get people angry, let's get people divided and fighting, and then we're stressing them. we can't lose weight, then we feel shit. And then as that cycle continues, you know, we yeah. take it out in other people because we're not happy with ourselves.
1: See, see, just talking about that, see the biggest issue I, I'm finding with people is people are you know why people are all saying they're tired. Yeah.
0: Right? yeah,
1: they're not physically tired, they're mentally yeah. tired. Yeah. They're just overstimulated yeah. mentally, and then they're like, like I have it all the time because of stress of work and so forth. I'm like, I need to fucking lie down, but I'm not physically exerted. I'm like, and then you
0: sometimes you start attributing the physical tiredness and mental tiredness together, and you don't want to train because I'm too tired, but you're not it's actually the best thing you do because it's gonna be it's gonna make like, oh I'm not tired at all. I just didn't have stimulation. Exactly.
1: exactly. That's why I'm standing at my stand-up desk because I was sitting down having a cup of coffee, and I like, see if I sit down here, I feel like I'm going to do off right now. Because
0: that's my third is my third talk today. I'm just doing I'm literally doing this because my head's going melted in locked down and I want to talk to people who I find interesting and have actual, do you know what? See if we met together right in the street, we wouldn't talk like this. We would slag each other, banter and a bit, but see when you actually come up, and I'm, that's why I'm enjoying this podcast and then going like, I'm actually talking to people I want to talk to. And I'm talking about things that we're we've actually devised a topic so which we're, we're here to have a conversation. Therefore, we're in a different mindset. We're in a different zone energy wise. And you open up and you end up up, this has been one of the best conversations I've had in a long time, PJ. Yeah.
1: like. I found that when I did our podcast is you'd be surprised at how much people want to talk and how much they want to open up. And yeah, I seen something today. I don't know if you're familiar with the technology, but Clubhouse no. is a new social media app um, and it's pretty much basically like breakout rooms. It's only on Apple uh, devices at the minute, but as all these celebrities are joining in and say they start a room. Say me and you start a room. There can be people that can wait to get into that room. We could just be talking about nutrition and you may send an invite out to your clients and you can invite them in. So it's literally like listening to a podcast, but if we invite them in, they can talk as well. Oh, so next brilliant. minute, next minute, we're having a discussion about this and we have 10 people in this room, virtual room. And you're like, listen, what do you think about that? Like, I think personally going forward, it's going to be an easy way to connect with the rest of the world. And this app has just got an extra hundred million. Um, there's 2 million active users, I think on it currently. And there's people like Drake and all these top movie stars who are using it because it's like, it's like eavesdropping into their conversations. Yeah. Um, and there's a guy talking about it, Elon Musk going on it, and the place shit itself because everybody wanted into the room that Elon Musk was in. And you can only get invited in. You can't like go and see. All oh, right. yeah. People. It's very exclusive and stuff as well. But I think that's the future. A bit like these conversations, you reach out to people who are willing to talk to you. And again, that's why I love stuff like Joe Rogan because it's so diverse. Yeah,
0: that's, that's what I'm sure. That's the, that's the dad bought Bible, real, man, real Men Talk. That's what I'm calling it because real men need to talk. And it's like real men talk, you know, like talk that men want to listen to. That's that's my aim anyway, because the, hopefully it works. And I'm enjoying it anyway. It's like, I, I don't think it's going to bother me anyway because I'm enjoying the conversations and if other people enjoy it, brilliant. if not, I don't care, I did. And I've learned you something can, from
1: it. You create connections and like that's what human beings are about, creating connections and creating pathways because it we you may cross path for the person you know like mcgarry i know you're down there every fucking other week uh just drop it up in that caravan of yours it. it's great sure <laughs> oh, no shot i'll go down there um you know what i mean so it, yeah and I, I just don't think we we talk enough and I, um it's a
0: it's a lost art and yeah. it's, it's something that i'm enjoying bring back i'm like i just i've made a conversation to talk more people because i think you can learn conversations when you have a you have an agenda and it's sort of like and the agenda is we're going to talk and then we don't have a script because I didn't give you any questions really and I got in fact you said to me do it. and I was like oh whatever you know I just yeah. put the topic out and let's see what we're talking about unless where were goes and went mental health it went everywhere it's great but we'll call it earth mate that was brilliant talk That's I really
1: call house will be goofy
0: yeah buddy thank you very much for everything and I'll speak to cool you soon on. yes
1: I'll see you in a bit mate